yesterday was election day, and, well, we have a lot of ballots still to count in all the races, but we have some very clear direction. More or less, we can tell you what a lot of things the final decision's going to be, but there are races, particularly in Spokane, that are, well, way too close to call. First off, probably the most important item on the Stevens County ballots this election, that was to build a new justice center and a new jail right across the street from the existing county courthouse. Voters in Stevens County voting overwhelmingly. Over 69% voting yes for Proposition 1. Over 67% voting yes on Proposition 2. So very little doubt we will have a new justice center and a new jail being built here in Stevens County. The Fire District 4, restoring property tax levy for the Fire Protection and Emergency Rescue Services, getting just over 60% of a yes vote. Looking at some of the contested races around Stevens County, First off, the Chewila School District, Director District 5 at large, Bob Maggart with 263 votes, T.O. Backen with 571 votes. Now, the Kettle Falls School District, kind of a unique situation. You had Cat Snyder on the ballot but she had previously resigned from the Kettle Falls School District. There was a write-in candidate. Well, Kat Snyder getting nearly 70% of the vote in the Stevens County voting. So now it will be up to her to decide whether she wishes to accept that position, go back on the school board, or to decline accepting that. Over in Ferry County, where they also vote in the Kettle Falls School District, Kat Snyder getting over 72% of that vote. The other Kettle Falls School District director that uh, had multiple candidates, Chip Johnson, getting 66% of the vote, Kathleen Stone, 33%. That in Stevens County. Over in Ferry County, Chip Johnson getting 66% of the vote and 33% going to Kathleen Stone. In the city of Chewila, Two candidates for the Chewila Council position number six, Ben Carpenter getting 74% of the vote, 25% going to Cody Fairweather. 
and for the Chewila Council number six. I should make quick mention all of the incumbent Colville City Council members were easily re-elected. You know the name Tempur-Pedic. If you have a bad back, you may already own one. The back pain relief is legendary. I have a secret for you. Tempur-Pedic mattress support system also provides a good night's sleep. You don't have to wait for a bad back. You can get a good night's sleep now. Don't take my word for it. Ask somebody who owns one. Come to Sandra's for a seven-minute test rest, and we'll change your life forever. Sandra's Furniture, downtown Colville. Now, in Spokane County, they did not fare as well in getting a new justice center in jail. Their Measure 1 in Spokane County asked voters there to approve a 0.2% sales tax increase to fund a new jail, and it is 63% voting no, 37% voting yes. Again, these are the preliminary numbers, the numbers that were counted on election night. For mayor in Spokane, this would be a huge change in direction for Spokane, Lisa Brown leading in that race for Spokane mayor as of last night. Brown with 51.5% of the vote, Nadine Woodward 48%. In a written statement, Brown thanks supporters and expressed optimism about the results. And Woodward says the race is too close to call and said she is waiting for additional ballots to be counted. So it uh, has been a very expensive race for the mayor in Spokane. And right now, it is neck and neck with a lot of ballots still to be counted. When your vehicle is involved in an accident, you want collision repair performed by highly trained experts. Since 1984, Carey's Auto Body has been your specialist. We handle the complete repair process to get you back on the road as quickly as possible. Carey's Auto Body works carefully with your insurance company to repair your vehicle to before accident condition. Carey's Auto Body, 1101 South Main in Colville. Log on to carysautobody.com or call 509-684-2587. We've been learning a lot last week, this week, about electric vehicle fleets that are becoming more common, various entities in the U.S. Today, we hear more from the folks at Avista, the power company. They've been helping school districts in the region, like the Valley School District, get their infrastructure set up. 
We're actively monitoring technologies and looking to evaluate and demonstrate new technologies as it makes sense. But the tech is here now to make sense to begin to electrify school buses, and it's only going to get better, I think, in the future. So it's not so much a matter of being too concerned about certain technologies becoming obsolete. So, for example, the charging infrastructure that we're putting in, that'll be used and useful for many, many, many years. It won't become obsolete. We're quite confident of that. One interesting and, I think, exciting possibility in the future that we're looking at now is possibly possibly piloting using electric school buses as backup power for schools in the event of extended outage or local emergencies. Schools are often used as a community shelter and for vehicle-to-grid benefits. So electric school buses are kind of unique in that regard that they've got oftentimes fixed routes and in the summertime aren't used that often. Those batteries might be quite useful to the grid itself. This is already being experimented with large experiments actually in a couple different parts of the country. And so we're monitoring that perhaps in the next couple of years. sense to pilot a similar activity here in our region. In general, driving electric is going to result in much lower operating costs, both in terms of the fuel. It's basically a dollar gallon equivalent, if you will, but also in maintenance. And if you're able to charge off-peak, which generally means after about 8 p.m. in the evening year-round until about 3 in the afternoon year-round. In the winter, we do have a morning peak period, so the colder winter months. But generally, in the case of the electric school buses, they're able to charge off-peak almost entirely. And with our time use rate, they get a reduced energy charge for those hours. And if they were to charge on peak, they would pay a higher premium then. And so it's a different rate structure than our traditional rates that include a demand charge, which often in the case for electric vehicles, high power charging is a bit problematic in terms of the monthly bill. So we've really got kind of a win-win situation here to get as much charging off peak that benefits everybody. For the specific operator, they get a lower monthly bill by charging off peak as well. Long term, with additional beneficial load, if you will, from electric transportation, that should help with overall affordability. Long-term, better utilization of our existing assets means that the fixed costs of the utility are better covered, and that can help us to minimize rate increases over time. There are some investments in charging infrastructure that will be needed in the early market here that will take some time to pay off, but our models indicate a negligible impact on rates. Overall, it's a big win. This isn't just about electric school buses. This is really, for a commercial business, if you're moving people or things using vehicles currently powered by petroleum, increasingly it's it's more viable to do so with electric transport. And so take a look at our website, myinvista.com slash transportation. Got a lot of great information there. Got some advanced fleet tools. Can really help you through to begin to electrify. And give us a call or shoot us an email. We're here to help. Tomorrow, we're going to be talking with the folks there at the Valley School District as we round out our coverage, as we learn about electric vehicles. There's a new real estate firm in Colville. Four Degrees Real Estate, based in Spokane, has opened their first branch office in Colville. The agents at Four Degrees Real Estate have the experience you need and want when it comes to selling or buying real estate in the Tri-County area, whether it's homes or land or commercial. From start to finish, Four Degrees agents advocate for their clients with professionalism and understanding. Call branch managing broker Len Brandt at 509-680-3916 to schedule a no-obligation meeting to find out the value of your home or to learn more about real estate investing. Four Degrees Real Estate, your new choice for real estate in Northeast Washington. Let's get information if you want to participate in the process of proposed public land acquisitions by the Department of Fish and Wildlife. That is the question of the week. Hi, I'm Stacy Lehman with the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife. 
we get a lot of questions from the public, and one we've heard recently is, I've heard that WDFW is interested in acquiring additional public lands in Northeast Washington. Is that true? And if so, where are those lands? So as part of the annual Lands 2020 process, WDFW is asking for public comment on 20 proposed public land acquisitions that would help promote fish and wildlife conservation and allow us to provide better access to the outdoors for the people in our state. Lands 2020 proposals encompass about 13,558 acres of proposed acquisitions in Ponderay, Grant, Okanagan, Douglas, Kittitas, Yakima, Chelan, Skagit, Whatcom, Grays Harbor, and Jefferson counties. The proposed lands to be acquired are considered for specific targeted purposes. A lot of them are adjacent to our existing public lands, and they'd increase our ability to manage and protect habitat and recreation in those areas. So in Northeast Washington, Lands 2020 is looking at a proposal to acquire a 40-acre property that is surrounded by the Rustler's Gulch unit of the Sherman Creek Wildlife Area. This property is home to a variety of wildlife species already, and this acquisition would preserve the habitat for them, as well as providing additional recreation opportunities like hunting, horseback riding, hiking, and wildlife viewing. More information about the proposed acquisitions is available on the WDFW website at wdfw.wa.gov backslash land. Just click the land acquisitions link on that page. And on that page also is where you can submit comment on the proposed acquisitions. You can also email lands at dfw.wa.gov. Again, lands at dfw.wa.gov if you want to submit a comment. Comments will be accepted through November 28th. And then WDFW staff will brief the Washington Fish and Wildlife Commission on the proposed acquisitions during the commission's December 14th to 16th meeting, which is going to be held virtually. Information on the meeting agenda and how you can watch it is available on the website at wdfw.wa.gov backslash commission. Following the public review and final approval by WDFW's director, the department will begin pursuing grant funding to move forward with purchasing the proposed lands. Potential grant sources include the Washington Wildlife and Recreation Program and federal grants through the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, including the Cooperative Endangered Species Conservation Fund. Note that securing grant funding for these properties can take several years. If you have a question for the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife, you can send it to communications at dfw.wa.gov or you can call 509-563-5495. If you do submit a question, please include an email address or phone number there's a random drawing for bear spray each week of people who submit questions that you can take with you on your outdoor adventures or you can check our website at any time at wdfw.wa.gov to see what's happening in nature around you if you have a question for the washington department of fish and wildlife send it to communications at dfw.wa.gov or you can call 509-563-5495 please include an email address or phone number because you can win a prize for asking questions there will be a random drawing each week of people who submit questions if your name is drawn you win a can of bear spray to take with you on your outdoor adventures the biannual changing of the clocks that could be a thing of the past in Washington and Oregon if two state senators get their way. Tracy Ellis explains. Republican Senators Mike Patton of Washington and Kim Thatcher of Oregon are introducing bills that would keep the Pacific Northwest states on standard time. Patton says it just makes sense. It's for better for people's health. I think it's less disruptive and has other advantages. Everybody's got to adjust when you're changing the time all the time, and it's a negative thing. Both states already approved legislation to remain on daylight saving time year-round, but the U.S. Congress and President must sign off for it to become law. Congress is not acted and does not appear that they're going 
going to act. So the only choice left is to continue this back and forth, changing in the fall, changing in the spring with its associated health risk or go to year-round standard time. Remaining on standard time doesn't require federal approval. I'm Tracy Ellis. You need water? You need Fogel. Fogel Pump and Supply. From the ground up to the pump, from the pump to your faucet. Not enough water? Hydrofracturing may be the answer. Hydrofracturing opens water-producing veins to increase flow. Or maybe an underground holding tank providing a consistent, ready source of water. Call the Fogel professionals or stop by their sales and service office on the North Highway. You need water? You need Fogel. Fogel Pump and Supply, the water professionals. Over the next few weeks, I'll be bringing you the news from a variety of locales around the country and around the world. If we find interesting things that we can include in the news, well, I might be talking about other things than our local news for the next few weeks. We'll uh, just have to uh, keep you advised on that. Today's local weather forecast brought to you by Colville Auto Repair, offering complete automotive repair for all makes, including expert Dodge Diesel Repair and Maintenance. Call 509-684-3581. Make your appointment today or stop in at 505 South Main. Some sunshine, 43 today, down to 23 overnight. Back to a 30% chance of rain on Thursday. Likely we'll see rain Thursday night. Could well be snow because the overnight low is expected at 27. Possibility of rain on Friday. On Saturday, Veterans Day, very likely to have rain. The high temperature for the day at 44 degrees, 28 overnight. More rain mixed with snow. More rain on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Colville Auto Repair, they are a Nampa Auto Care Center. Call 509-684-3581 and find out more. Midweek Wednesday, we do appreciate your joining us here on the radio. I'm Eric Carpenter, and this is KCVL, KCRK. Now, time for another Otis Advisory. Where do you hang your low-hanging fruit? Well, how would you know without feng shui? Think of it like directions to tell you where to put your stuff. This is totally different from Wang Chung, so don't get them confused. You know how you put everything you own up on blocks in the front yard? Well, that's a form of feng shui right there. Say you lose something and can't remember where you put it. Then you remember later, oh, wait, it's in my closet next to my wife and my heater hose. That's probably not feng shui, but it's good to know the difference. So if you're not sure where your stuff goes, this could help. Like, what if you're trying to arrange those little dog poo warning signs in your front yard? The ones you're sure will tell the neighbor pup where to go. You need feng shui. Because if you get it wrong, Bingo will just think those are targets he's supposed to hit when it's showtime again in front of your house. Feng Shui is like bottle service. Yes. Just say, put that bottle in front of me, not frontal lobotomy. See how complicated this gets? 
This is your Uncle Otis, and I'll see you at the Peace March. I could be wrong. 